Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 497 of Linux in the Ham Shack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we've started off well because I almost forgot what the show was called. So, uh, <laughs> and a uh, per- perfect night for that to happen because we have a guest with us tonight. Cheryl is not going to be here, um, but I'm going to do the intros here in a second. But uh, this is our deep dive. So thanks for, for coming along for our deep dive. And we'll jump right in by introducing ourselves. And like I said, for the absent Cheryl, W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And we and have, I'm Neil. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know you were going to jump in, but go for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm Neil, WB9VPG. <laughs> With, as Russ likes to, to, to repeat, the worst possible call sign. <laughs> well, you must love it because you you have kept it. So, yeah. well, after you know forty some years, it's like, yeah, I don't want to change that now. He must not do a lot of CW. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a fistful. <laughs> I think it's actually easier on CW than it is on voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the V and the P and the That's G. A lot of you know, dos. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dos. Yeah, a lot of dos. <laughs> well, the the VPG kind of rolls off the tongue. You just have to get through the first part. Yeah. Of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, you you don't apparently do a lot of CW because you're not here to talk about CW. You're here to talk about something else entirely, which is satellite operation. And uh, yes, I, I know in our discussion via email, you said I may not be the person to talk about satellite operation and uh actually you're the perfect person to talk about satellite operation ah. because because all you have to know is more than me and i know nothing so ah, okay well <laughs> so i guess then, then i'm then i am the right person then to, to, to talk about starting out uh the, the the cheap way and and uh getting started that i can handle so okay that's that's kind of exactly the that. road we want to take but before we take that road, let's talk a little bit about Neil WB9VPG. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are? Because uh, you you are uh, you know one of those quasi famous ham radio personalities. So I know a lot of people who know who you are. But for anybody who doesn't, uh, what what does Neil do? So so yeah, it was that, that ham radios Neil rap? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah ham famous? Well, I, I got my license when I was five years old. So at the time I was the, the world's youngest ham radio operator. That, that's not the case anymore, but, um, that, that was kind of the start of my claim to fame. Um, uh, but then, um, in the, in the last, uh, couple of decades, I've got into amateur radio newsline and doing ham talk live and, 
And now the, this little project called Yoda, um, been doing the uh, youth on the air camps here for the last uh, two years and four years in the planning stages and uh, getting ready for another one this summer. So um, Yoda spends, uh, fills up most of my, uh, my schedule when I'm not teaching chemistry. So that's all right kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> Very good. And as, as it happens, you tend to do some satellite operating. You tend to do your satellite operating mobile, but that's okay. We'll, we'll just talk a little bit about all of it. So, uh, I guess we don't need to have a whole lot of preamble here tonight. We can just jump right in to start talking about satellites. I do have sort of an outline of things, so hopefully I don't forget anything. But I guess we'll just ask the the basic question, what is operating with satellites? Well, and whenever you operate a satellite, you're you're throwing your signal up into the sky at uh, usually a moving target. There are only one or two uh, stationary satellites out there, and there are none that you can use in North America. So, uh, you're, you're hitting a moving target. Uh, you point your antenna. Hopefully you're pointing an antenna. Like I said, when I do mobile, I'm not even pointing an antenna. Uh, but you, you know, send your, your radio waves up to the satellite in the sky and it repeats it and sends it back down, typically on a different band. And you can make all kinds of cool long distance contacts. All right. Very good. So with that in mind, you, you're mentioning like geostationary and not geostationary. And here in North America and South America, we're, uh, sort of, uh, hamstrung a little bit in that respect. We don't have any ge- yeah. geostationaries. The geostationaries are mucho expensive and, uh, they, they are hard to come by. Uh, QO 100 is kind of the, the big, uh, stationary one that everybody knows about. Uh, it's a, a Saudi based, uh, satellite and it, it's right there all the time. And so people are constantly making schedules and having nets and all kinds of stuff on it. And then it's a very different, uh, kind of thing from what we experience here. But, uh, AMSAT's hopeful that someday they'll be able to, to do that. The Saudis piggybacked off of a um, television satellite, which is, is probably what's going to have to happen over here too, is, um, you know, there's a satellite that's up there, you know, making money and, you know, we can put a little transponder on the side and, you know, and, and make it uh, work for ham radio. So that's, uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. So you get about an eight to 10 minute window of time to operate these satellites. So you, so one of the things that that's kind of cool about operating satellites is you do it for 10 minutes and you're done. Um, and so you don't have to, you know, like a contest, sit your butt in the chair for 12, 24, 36, 48 hours and, and just keep going and going and going on satellites. You get in there 10 minutes, it's very fast paced because there's a lot of people trying to talk on that one satellite and then um, you're done. And so you usually get two or three shots at a satellite a day, and it, it all depends on the schedule. So uh, one of the first things you need to do is you need to pay attention to what satellites are available and when they're available, and, and a handy little smartphone app uh, is, is kind of the way to do that. Typically, I use one called SatSat um, on the iPhone. There's There are many others. Um, 
but it basically tells me, you know, what time, which satellite is, is coming over. And I just select the ones that are FM satellites because I'm just using my FM mobile in my car or a handheld that's an FM handheld. Um, so I don't check off all the, all the ones that, uh, do CW and sideband and all that stuff. Um, and just, you know, try to time that. So, um, typically I'm going to catch, you know, a 10, 11, 12, one o'clock pass. Uh, that's typically when I, when I can get on when there's a pass. Um, so you're, you're kind of limited into that, that time slot. So you, you do like FM voice is what I'm guessing. Yep. FM voice. And there's also a FM packet and I've got stuff to do that now, but I haven't, haven't tried that yet, but, uh, there's FM packet also. Uh, presumably there are other, uh, are they doing like FG8 on satellites? Do you know, or at this point or any of the, uh, there, quick- yeah, there's some FT8. I, I haven't done a lot of it, but, but there, there are some FT8 things going on. So what kind of, uh, are there special considerations for rigs and antennas? I mean, if you want to do this properly in a, in a mobile, you're, are you using a special antenna or anything like that? Or are you just using your vertical? Yeah. So let me, we'll start off with, with what, what's normal and then we'll do what I do. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's normal is you, you need some kind of directional antenna to shoot at the satellite. So there is a, a couple of very popular, um, Yaggies that you can hold in your hand and just point. Um, I use, uh, the one that seems to be the most popular. It's called the arrow antenna and it's three elements on two meters. And then perpendicular to that on that same boom, it's, I believe, seven elements on, uh, 440. And there's a couple of different models. You can get higher gain and, you know, more elements. Um, but typically what you would do is you would point that antenna at the satellite that you're trying to use. Now in the, in their heyday, AO91 and AO92, if you had a nice overhead pass, you could actually use a rubber duck, uh, on your handheld and, and actually be able to get in there. It's not quite that easy right now. Um, but you know, ideally you, you point the antenna because the polarization is not the same as the polarization you would want to use to talk from one place on the earth to another place on the earth. You want it the other way around. So, um, that's kind of the way to get started is to get one of these little arrow antennas. There's also one called an elk and everybody always argues which one is better, the elk or the, or the arrow. Um, the arrow antenna is made out of arrow shafts, which is what, where it gets its name. But, um, I, I, I like mine. Uh, it's a cool little thing. I even took it to, uh, Jamaica on the honeymoon with me. Um, unscrewed all the, all the elements, um, put them all in an arrow, uh, quiver and, uh, took it on the airplane, took the handheld. And I was, I was loving making contacts from Jamaica because I was DX and I was right there on the ocean. So, you know, it was nothing blocking my path and. And it was, uh, it was really cool. So that's, that's the way you should do it. Now I do a lot of my satellite operation mobile, which is kind of weird. Um, because most people, although one of, uh, Bill's friends, Jim Wilson, uh, um, 
has all the yaggies on top of the car, but, uh, but I don't have the yaggies on top of the car. So what I do is it's, it's kind of, kind of, you know, jerry rigged or whatever, but if it's a low pass, so the elevation is like 20 degrees or less, uh, maybe 30, um, I will just use the, the whip on the back of my car, just like I would use for anything else. Um, if the pass is higher than that, so it's like going overhead, I have a, um, little loop antenna and, and both of the, these are dual band antennas. Uh, but I have a loop. So there's a 440 loop and a two meter loop back to back. Um, and I put it on a little, um, aluminum rod screwed into a mag mount with a three eighths, uh, connection. And I stick it out the moonroof of the vehicle and it's made for sideband. So the polarization is straight up. And so if it's, uh, you know, a satellite that's going to have a high elevation, I use that because I'm not going to get much on the whip. Um, ideally, we would have every option in between, but, uh, so I do either, you know, 180 degrees or 90 degrees. And for a lot of the FM satellites, that's good enough. So obviously there are other modes as well. You can, there's, are there like AM and sideband and all that stuff too? I mean, oh, I know yeah. you focus on FM, but yeah, that's just because that's, that's the equipment I have. I am, am constantly doing stuff. And so I don't have time typically to, you know, okay, let's go get the antenna. Let's go get the rig. Let's, let's carry it outside. Let's go, you know, do all this stuff. I, I usually, you know, have it in while I'm driving down the interstate and, you know, that, that gives me time to operate. So, uh, I just have everything punched in and ready to go when I, when I get in the car. And so it's there and whenever it's time for the pass to come over, I hit record on my phone because, uh, it goes too fast to really try to log as you go. So you just record everything and, um, you know, see if I can get a few contacts, uh, while I'm going down the road. So that's, that's the way I do it. All right. Well, in a minute, we'll probably, uh, talk a little bit about what a, a contact sounds like, but in the meantime, uh, you mentioned the software and you use uh, iPhone software cause you're obviously operating mobile. So it's easier to use something like that, but there's a software called G predict, which we use, uh, you know, for if, for the Linux folks who want to, to do satellite tracking and find out when these passes are, when the satellite's going overhead so you can work them. And the nice thing about G predict is it also provides rotator control. So if you're in a, you know, base station set up and you've got your, uh, satellite polarized antenna, you know, available for use. The G predict can actually move the rotator for you. So it tracks. Otherwise you have to do kind of what you do, which is literally, you know, stick your hand out and follow the, the pass of the satellite. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. There's sat PC 32 and Orbitron and there, there, there's a bunch of them, but yeah, that's uh, a good one for, for Linux. Um, and yeah, if you have the ability to have an Azel rotor, so not only does your rotor turn, you know, um, one way, but it also turns vertically up and down, um, then yeah, that makes it a whole lot easier. So you're not trying to, to do all that while you're trying to make contacts, while you're trying to adjust the frequency for Doppler shift 
and, you know, keep track of everything. So do you find it, I mean, you've done it for a while, but like when you started out, do you find it reasonable to be able to, to sort of manually track the satellite as it goes over? Yeah, it, it's not bad. I mean, uh, my my old C-band TV satellite days kind of helped me a little bit because, you know, I was used to having to adjust, you know, and find satellites uh, with with the uh, Azel rotor. But, uh, you know, I, I, you just kind of have this idea that there's this arc that uh, the satellite is going to uh, go through in the sky. And you use the app to tell, you know, whether you're going to face west or whether you're going to face east and whether it starts in the north and goes to the south or whether it starts in the south and goes to the north. Um, so you, you just kind of use the, the app to tell you kind of where to look. And, uh, the, the big hint on this, and it took me a while to, to, to get this and I knew I should have known better, but I, I for some reason I didn't is not only do you have to trace the path, but because the satellite is actually tumbling through space, the polarity changes. And so you also need to twist the uh, antenna by 90 degrees. Uh, and so if you're getting the signal, but you got to be just like dead on it to hear it, give it a twist. And chances are, if you're anywhere close to having it pointed right, you will hear it just fine. Right. The polarization is weird because of the way the object moves through space. Plus, you also have Doppler shift, which causes uh, you to have to adjust as you move. So, uh, it, I mean, I'm sure at this point you've, you've got it down to a science. So uh, probably just uh, fiddling about it first. And now it looks like technique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did. You know, with any like anything, it takes some practice. But but here's the advantage to my crazy mobile setup is that I pick one or the other and that's it. And, and yes, I'm going to give up a couple of minutes during the pass because I'm not going to probably catch the very beginning of the pass and the very end of the pass, but I can get in the middle of the pass without having to adjust anything. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. So as far as, you know, let's, let's sort of finish fleshing out the equipment you need. I mean, really, depending on what mode and bands you're using, any kind of amateur radio equipment will work, you know, radio-wise. Antennas have to be kind of specialized. I mean, like you said, back in the day, you could use a, you know, a small vertical or whatever, and it'd be fine. But the satellite passes are different now, and... You have to have something a little more specialized. But what is, you know, those aero antennas, they're they're not even that particularly expensive, right? They're just like a no, hundred bucks or something? A hundred bucks, yeah, a little over a hundred bucks. Uh, you can get a duplexer or no duplexer, which will save you 20 bucks, I think, something like that. Um, so, yeah, you, you need a full duplex handheld so that you can hear what's coming back. So you can tell if you're actually getting into the satellite. If you're trying to do it with just a, a, a regular handheld and it's half duplex, you're not going to know whether you're actually making it into the satellite or not, and it's going to increase your frustration level like no other. Um, so you need a full duplex handheld, and there just aren't that many of them out there, and most of them have been discontinued. So the other option is use two of them. Uh, you know, how cheap is one of these, you know, 
little Chinese handhelds, use that as your receiver and use your good transmitter and, you know, do it that way. So you use one transceiver as the receiver, you use the other transceiver as your transmitter. Um, and that way you can hear yourself coming back. That's how you know that you've got your Doppler shift right, you've got your antenna pointed right, is you're hearing yourself back on that frequency. Oh, very good. Have you ever heard of anyone using like a web SDR or something like that to do their receiver? Oh, sure. In fact, that's that's what what we did at Teachers Institute at AWRL. We uh, we used the SDR as uh, our receiver, and then uh, we had a RSBA one, I think it was uh, SDR, and on the laptop. And then the other person had a uh, I think it was a Yaesu FT fifty FT sixty handheld. Um, and so one person would do the receive, one person would do the transmit and kind of team up on it. And so, yes, absolutely. All right. Very good. Can you like, uh, outline the different modes? I know they use like letters to indicate like, you know, what bands and stuff are used. Do you know the, can you outline the different modes and stuff? Well, I'm probably, I'm probably not the expert to do that. I I'm, I'm looking at amsat.org. And if you go to amsat.org under satellite info, you'll see a tab that says communication satellites. And so they will give you a list of all of the satellites. And first they have the FM satellite. So if you're just using your normal old handheld, your normal old mobile rig, um, those are the ones you're going to be limited to. And uh, they have a frequency chart here to where you can see what the frequencies are and your subaudible tone. Some of, most of them need a 67 uh, hertz subaudible. Uh, some of them don't, and some of them use different ones depending on what country they're from and that kind of thing. Um, but on, on the transponder side, there, there's a, a longer list, and those are typically CW or sideband. All right. Very good. Yeah. Those are the ones for the actually, uh, giving like location data and stuff like that, not for the actual communication. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's, um, some other software that you can actually download and you can actually get the telemetry from some of these satellites. Uh, AO 92 was one. We did that at, at Teachers Institute where, uh, there was a Fox to limb, I think it was, you could download and, uh, you could get all the, all the, uh, telemetry data. Um, and that one even had a camera. So if they would turn it on in camera mode, instead of being a repeater, it would actually send down photos of, of where it was at the time. But, but yeah, you can do that. And also on, on AMSAT's website, there's a static current status thing. Um, and you can, uh, you can look at the, uh, uh, current status of those and see which ones are working, which ones are not working well right now and uh, which ones haven't been heard from in ages and everything. But, uh, but yeah, you can also get the, the telemetry. I haven't done a ton of that, but I, I've done some. So have you done any of the other like receive only type stuff like the, you know, Aris uh, getting the slow scan from the ISS and things like that? Yeah, I never did get into the, the Aris slow scan thing or actually it's kind of funny. We're, we're, that's one of the new things we're going to do at Yoda camp this summer is, is do that. So I'm kind of, kind of interested to see that, but I, I see tons and tons and tons of those pictures, uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, coming back. Uh, but you know, tuning into the ISS, you're going to get a blockbuster signal just, you know, because they've got 50 Watts up there now and 
So you're going to hear it very well. So uh, you can listen to some of that. I, I haven't. Um, I, I've spent most of my time on SO50, which is a, a Saudi uh, satellite uh, that's been up forever. I don't know how they lucked out to get their batteries to, to stay working this long, but they did. Um, and then AO91 and AO92, which are AMSAT satellites. Um, 91, uh, you're not supposed to use during the nighttime because the batteries are failing. And so you're only supposed to use it when it's getting sunlight to, to keep the charge. And sometimes it'll just like drop out completely. And then all of a sudden, you know, 15 seconds later, it comes back, uh, because of some of the battery stuff going on. AO92, uh, was pretty much written off, and then I found it uh, <laughs> to be back on the air a couple of times, um, actually. So um, just by chance, it was me. So um, so he said, hey, it's not dead yet. You know, it's kind of like Monty Python. It's not dead yet. Uh, but uh, then it goes away, and, and now I'm looking here, and it, I see it's still listed as sporadically active. So um, the batteries are kind of kind of failing on it. Um, right now, but, um, there, there, there's a few others, uh, but those are the three that I spent most of my time on, um, AO85, I used to do some, but it, it's, it is no longer with us. It's kind of silent key. <laughs> so, um, go ahead. Which I have a, I have a, a funny, funny silent key story about satellites actually. So, well, uh, if you haven't heard, it. if you haven't heard AO7. Yes. Was launched when I was like, I remember seeing it on the front page of QST when I was growing up. I was probably eight or nine. And so, you know, like all the satellites, the batteries eventually die and, and you don't hear from it again. All of a sudden, a few years ago, AOS 7 comes back to life. And what they figured out was that there was a short in the battery that had formed. And so it would work as long as it was getting sunlight. Hmm. And so by shorting out that battery, it turned back on. <laughs> and so AO seven is still usable to this day. Uh, it, so they, they'd like to call it the, the zombie satellite because, uh, it came back from the dead. <laughs> nice. So, um, Let's, let's talk a little bit about the actual act of uh, communicating via satellites. Obviously, there's got to be some different way that you go about it and special considerations in the actual QSO because you, of the the number of people who want to access a satellite and the limited time you have to do so. So can you kind of walk us through what a QSO actually sort of sounds like and feels like when you're doing satellite work? This is probably the most important part of working satellites right here. <laughs> There's one satellite. So think of it as one repeater. And you have people all across North America trying to use it during pretty much the same 10-minute window, plus or minus a couple. Um, yeah, it's going to be busy, especially on weekends, especially on field day. If any of you have ever tried to do the bonus points for satellites for field day, oh my gosh, it's like everybody tramples everybody. It, it's, it's almost as bad as, as, as Bouvet. Uh, <laughs> everybody gets on there and if, and here's the thing, that's why I really emphasized a while ago, you have to 
listen to yourself come back. Because if you transmit and you're getting into the satellite, but you don't hear it, because you're not going to get a courtesy beep like you are on a repeater. You're not going to know unless somebody answers you. You're not going to know if you made it or not. So you can be transmitting right on top of somebody else who is transmitting on top of somebody else who is transmitting on top of yet somebody else. And so all you hear is, and you get nothing and nobody gets anything. So you really have to listen. And if you key up and you don't hear yourself right away, unkey. So that way you're not creating interference for the people who are getting into the satellite. But yeah, you got to be quick. Uh, it, typically it's your call sign, your grid square, uh, and that's it. Um, you know, if, if, if you hear a lot of downtimes, a lot of dead time, then yeah, maybe a comment or two would be appropriate. You know, hey, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Just on my way back from Amcation, you know. Um, so, but it, it needs to be quick because you're, you have that one repeater that you're all sharing at the same time. So that's why it, it really is for more advanced people to do it without two radios or the full duplex radio. Um, if you listen to yourself come back at, you know, and you don't hear yourself, unkey and then look for the next opening but you got to be quick uh because those openings are not long um and also we tend to kind of say you know unless you're on some rare grid trying to give everybody your grid or something you know make one or two contacts a pass don't make 10 because then you're hogging it and and no one else is going to get to use it so uh, courtesy is definitely a must when you're on satellites. So, so to make a contact, do you, is it, are you calling like CQ with your call sign and grid or is that how no. you initiate it? No. Okay. No, we don't have time for CQ, although some people do it. Um, so what I do is I listen and I hear a station that's already on that I want to work. So if I hear you on, I'm, I'm like, hey, it's Russ. Let me, let me do this. K5TUX, Whiskey Bravo 9, Victor Papa Golf, Echo Mike 79. That's it. And then hopefully you will say, WB9VPG, this is Kilo 5 Tango Uniform X-Ray, Echo Mike 40. Let's see, you're in Echo Mike 48, <laughs> 30, 30, 38, 48. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm EM 77. 77? Yep. Okay, I'm way off. All right. So Echo Mike 77. <laughs> and that's it. And, and you notice, you know, I even did the phonetics. Or 37. On, Sorry, 37. 37. 37. There I, we go. That, yeah, yeah. Now, EM 37. Now okay, 37. EM 37. I knew it was because I've done this. <laughs> I actually did this when I met you. Uh, I was just <laughs> yes, right. getting yep. started in satellites. And uh, I was... I was uh, uh, at my uh, hotel, and, and you, you came up to my window and saw my license plate, and, and we and we met, and, and I was out there with the purpose of getting on a satellite, and actually went to the hospital parking lot next door. It was like eleven o'clock at night. There was a pass, and I, I did get get a couple <laughs> of contacts from EM thirty seven, but but. Yeah, I, you know, so it, it's very fast. It, it's not a CQ. I, I listen for 
you know, uh, someone to call and I call them. Now, if you're the first person, obviously you don't have somebody to call. So, you know, you can get on there. Hey, whiskey, Bravo nine, Victor, Papa golf, echo Mike seven, nine, and kind of advertise that you're there, but don't do that over and over and over again, because you do that over and over and over again. Guess what? You're tying up the satellite and no one else can use it. So, you know, once, maybe twice a pass, would you just throw your call sign out there? But, it, it's very, very short. It, it, it's it's almost like a contester's kind of efficiency that, you know, don't say please copy. Don't say, you know, all this other stuff. If you want to get your rate up and you want to get this done as quick as possible, you know, call sign grid square. That's it. Right, very good. Makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you have such a short window to operate. So, so what got you interested? I mean, obviously <laughs> there was that day back when uh, when I met you and you were getting into it. So what, what sort of started you down the path of wanting to do satellite work? So I had heard about this, you know, growing up, and I never heard one except for the, the space shuttle, uh, and, you know, just never did really get into it. And then, uh, I, <sighs> shameless plug here, I, I started doing my podcast, and I was looking for, for something to do, and, and Sean Kutzko, KX9X, was – was talking about, you know, getting people started in satellites. So I said, Hey, Sean, why don't you come on the show and talk about satellites? And so he did. And I was hooked. So I, you know, I started trying it from the mobile, from the whip. And then I started kind of learning, okay, the whip's not working when it's a higher alt, you know, higher elevation. So then I got the, the little loop antenna thing and, um, and I bought an arrow and then played around with that for a while and, um, started out with a tripod on it. And, you know, it's like, no, you don't want to do that until you figure it out because it, the tripod just gets in the way. And so, you know, it, it takes a while to, to get through all this stuff, but yeah, I, it was Sean that, that kind of got me started in all this. So what, what would you say is like, if you wanted to, to summarize and say, if somebody's like, like me sitting here going, Oh, it would be really neat to work somebody using a, an amateur radio satellite. I mean, give me like the five steps to uh, to making that happen. That would sort of be like a best practice to just getting out there and doing it. Okay. So first of all, you need to know where the satellites are going to be. So you need to look on amsat.org uh, or one of these apps and find the frequencies and where you're going to be looking. So you got to do that ahead of time. Uh, you, you gotta have a way to tell where you're going so that you're not just taking a stab in the dark. Um, and then the second thing you do is listen. My, my Elmer growing up said, it's not a push to talk button. It's a release to listen button. Uh, you need to listen, listen to a couple of passes and listen how people are calling each other and, and, you know, giving the grid square. And I just gave you an example, you know, K5TUX, Whiskey Bravo 9, Victor Papa Golf, Echo Mike 79. That's pretty much the exchange. Uh, so you want to listen to that and see how that works. Um, listen, listen, and listen. And, and you kind of catch on after a while of, you know, okay, yeah, these are pretty quick. This is when, yeah, you might be able to say hi or something real quick. Um, but you get your, your exchange down, you get the confirmation back. If you have to repeat anything, you repeat it. 
and then you move on and, and, you know, go for one contact to pass to start with just, just one pick out somebody, pick out that one call sign and, and try to get that one person. Um, third record the pass, use a voice recorder, use the mem- voice memo on your phone, something to record the pass instead of trying to write down the call signs that you work. Uh, it's, it's just too fast. Record it and play it back later. Uh, four is probably get the arrow antenna uh, or the elk antenna. Um, you're going to notice a big, big, big increase in readability if you buy the antenna and, and do, you know, the antenna thing. And then, like I said, you know, go for either a full duplex radio or to um, single uh, or half duplex, but dual band radios. So that way you can, uh, or, or an SDR and a radio. Um, so that way you can hear yourself coming back. All right. Very good. So is there anything else we, uh, didn't touch on that you would say is, uh, something that people really ought to know if they want to kind of go down this path? <laughs> well, the last thing is Doppler shift. Um, that's the one thing that, uh, that we probably need to talk about. And, and like I said, there, there's tons of this stuff and I am by no means an expert in, um, in all this stuff. The AMSAT guys can, can tell you a ton more than I can. Uh, but Doppler shift is something that you are going to have to tolerate. So as the satellite passes, um, over your head, um, or through the horizon in front of you, the frequency is going to change. Now on two meters, the, that amount of change is going to be minimal. So unless you have a very, very, um, selective receiver, uh, you're probably not going to have to adjust the VHF side for Doppler shift. It's the UHF side that you're going to have to shift. Um, so what I do is I go in five kilohertz increments and I start 10 low and then go 10 high. So for instance, um, AO 91, the center frequency is 435.25. So I will set my radio on 435.24 for the first part of the pass. After a minute or two of the pass, I will bump it up 5 kilohertz, and I'll go to 245. And I'll let it sit there for two or three minutes of the pass, and then when you get in the middle of the pass, it'll be right on frequency. So I'll put it on 435.250. And then as you get later into the pass, I bump it up to point. 255 and then at the very last minute of the pass um up to uh 0.26 but you're going to have to do that on the uhf side now for al 91 and 92 that is your transmit side on so 50 it's the receive side so you're kind of shooting into the dark and it also goes the reverse way so you actually start with the 10 kilohertz above frequency and work your way down instead of the other way around. Um, so you kind of have to get used to that um, because, 
you know, some of them go one way, some of them go the other way, but that's on the UHF side. You'll have to make that adjustment. And so SO50, it's really critical that you listen to yourself because you could be going the wrong way with the Doppler shift. And the only way you're going to know is to listen to yourself. Yeah, that's uh, really good information. So, so how many hands do you have to uh, do all this manual control? (laughs) (laughs) Not enough. Not (laughs) enough. Um, you know, at Yoda camp, we do this two on two. Uh, we do, we do the, the same thing at TI. If you have somebody that can help you just run the recorder, hold the handheld that's being received, uh, and you can point the antenna and, and, and take care of the transmitter with the Doppler shift. Uh, it's much, much easier. So if, if you can recruit somebody to just hold stuff, they don't even have to be a ham, uh, you know, or understand what you're doing. If you can just get somebody to hold stuff and hit record, um, it, it's a big help. Um, doing this in the car, um, I, I throw the record f- feature on my phone and sit the phone down on the dashboard and, I guess when those frequency changes are coming. Um, but, you know, after a while, you kind of get used to it. And, and so you, you kind of have a, a better feel for it. Um, but, yeah, it it's a lot of work. And that's why I said the mobile setup's kind of cool because I don't have to worry about pointing the antenna. But, yes, I am sacrificing precious time to do that. Yeah, and then, uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but if you have like a home setup and you actually have rig control and and G predict and are doing satellite works mm-hmm. in that way and have a controlled antenna, the the software will actually handle the the Doppler shift, the the uh, right. frequency changes as well as yes. the antenna pointing. So yeah, that it makes, makes it a real easy. easy. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's pretty easy when you when you do that. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was kind of down to my list of questions. Bill, you got anything to to throw at Niels here? Yeah. So uh, when it comes to uh, working grid squares that are outside of your home grid square, what do you have to do to uh, to authenticate those uh, contacts through Logbook of the World? Do you have to get another SICK certificate for that area or a different location? How does that work? Okay. Let me make sure I'm I'm following your question right. So uh, all all the Contacts typically go into Logbook of the World. You put your grid square in there, so it automatically shows up on the other end. Uh, but are you saying for like VUCC or what? what well, what like let's you? say you're not operating in Echo Mike seventy nine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you're. Oh yeah, you don't want yeah. to see my TQSL files. Yeah, so you have to get a separate. I certificate have for probably each one. fifty different locations. You don't have to get a separate certificate. You only need a one certificate for your license, but then there's this thing called station location. And if I open up mine right now, I probably have 50 different station locations saved in there right now, because every time I go to a new location, I got to put that in. So what I do when I make my recording is I say on my recording where I am. 
So I say what grid square I'm in and actually what city I'm in. So that way I can go back and find what county it is later to put the county information and all that in. But yeah, yeah. So when you do logbook of the world, you have to create a station location for where you were when you made that contact and select that when you upload. So you, you don't have to get a new certificate no. per se. You just have to set up a new location, a new station for that location for that certificate. Yes. Even my Jamaica contacts. Uh, my Jamaican call sign uh, was 6Y slash WB9VPG. So I did not have to get a new certificate. Now, had I got 6Y5, you know, VPG, then I would have to get a new certificate because I'd have a whole new call sign. But it'll even handle the, you know, the portable, you know, portable 4, portable 9, or portable VE3, or 6Y, you know, 6Y, whatever. Um, if it's a, if it's a, a form of your call sign, it'll work. Uh, and, uh, so you said you, uh, you just started with the FM bird, so you haven't done any linear transponders. I have not done any linear transponders. Okay. Cool. I yeah, would I, love I, to, and I've got the equipment <laughs> to, and, um, I have an, I have what they call an egg beater antenna, which is another one that you don't have to turn. It, it looks like a, an egg beater. Uh, so it has a 360 degree radiation angle, basically, uh, more or less. And I, all I got to do is put it up and, and, you know, I'm not going to get the greatest gain in the world, but then I had to move into an HOA. So, uh, it's still sitting in the garage. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I did, uh, I did the linear birds back when the RS birds were popular and I did mode a stuff. So that's, that's my history with the. <laughs> with a satellite uh I, I have not done any fm satellites at all and nor have i tried any of the uh other vhf uhf uh, linear transponders but uh i do remember the uh the the old the older birds that you went up on two and came down on 10 meters on 10, and, uh, yeah yeah and there's still yeah. one or two of those around uh um, yeah those but, are yeah. those are quite accessible pretty easy to use and stuff so yeah yeah the fm birds make it a whole lot easier for you know the end user that just has FM on VHF and UHF because that's most people. Yeah, uh, it definitely makes it more accessible. But uh, it, it, you know, there's just not them, that many satellites up there, and they're busy. So you know, uh, the transpon the linear transponders are a little uh, less stressful. Yeah, because they have a little yeah. bit more range too. Yeah. I think yeah. they have like about twenty five kc or right. something like that. So you can you can have multiple contacts going on at the, the same, same time, time and different exactly. edges of the transponder. So yeah, exactly. That's all I had. I mean, the the location thing was the big thing that uh, is kind of important if you're traveling around doing this stuff. You have to be mindful of recording where you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you can so you can set up your location in your log in your logging, and then you tag that those contacts for that location so they properly uh, properly submit to a logbook of the world, and people can confirm those contacts with you. When I hit when I hit the record button on my on my phone right before the pass starts, I'll say. This is, you know, I'm talking to myself on the recording, which is, you know, well, whatever. But, you know, this is AO91, uh, Echo Mike 79, Butler County, Ohio, and it's, you know, 256 Zulu. And that, and that way I can get it when I get home and I, you know, punch it all into TQSL. Um, you know, I can, I can punch all that in. And by the way, one, another tip. Uh, I, I would punch it straight into TQSL and not try to do it through QRZ logbook. Um, I found that out the hard way. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah. QR's, <laughs> use QR's, yeah, QR's head logbook does not like that ad station location thing. It, uh, it wants you to stay in one place. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely uh, put those straight into uh, TQSL. But, yeah, I've got so many station locations in there. It's crazy. That's cool. That, uh, that answers uh, my stuff, yeah. All right, really good. We did have one question that was in the chat room, but it was one that you had already answered before, so I just uh, gave him the answer. <laughs> so all I right. have to go back down that road, but I think that's all we've got here. I I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Okay. Uh, well, well, it's good because I'm here. Wrap this here. That's true. There's there's no end to the mileage you get out of that, is there? I mean, no, none, none whatsoever. <laughs> Now, right. well, I, I, will, I will throw one quick thing in here. Oh, uh, very if good. You hear, if you hear a person on a grid line, they're actually in two grids at the same time. So they're, you know, one foot's in one grid and one foot's in the other grid or the, or the equipment, you know, the vehicle they're in, part of it's in one, part of it's in the other. So you get credit for both of them. And if you're lucky enough to get a grid corner, you get all four grids at the same time but it's kind of hard to uh get people to get to that exact spot without uh you know getting their local police called on them for trespassing so <laughs> yeah it's private property <laughs> but they are out there all right very good well i think that that covers exactly what we wanted to cover and i think you were just the person we needed for the show tonight so thanks neil for being here we really appreciate it oh thanks for having me anytime happy to talk with y'all all right, good. And I guess uh, we'll we'll probably see you at Hamvention, eh? We will. We will see you at Hamvention. Already working on uh, all the uh, Yoda booth uh, plans and stuff. So we'll see you there. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Well, thanks once again for being here, Neil. I guess we'll let you get on your way unless you want to, you know, listen to the last two minutes of the show. You're certainly welcome to do that. But yeah. we're going to go ahead and finish I'll, up I'll here. I'll listen and check my email. How's that? Uh, well, there, there you go. go. <laughs> All right, so that was Neil, WB9VPG, the worst call sign in the universe. <laughs> and, uh, um, thanks for being here and talking to us about satellite radio operations. So let's uh, go ahead and do some announcements and feedback. And uh, Bill, we'll let you go ahead and read the, the feedback here. Yeah, we had a YouTube comment on episode number 489 from Paul Griffith. He says, quote, they should drop the signal report from most contests and replace it with power and antenna type. And, uh, yeah, well, they should at least minimally just get rid of the signal report because <laughs> it's useless. Let's do the satellite way, right? Just tell them your location and, uh, your call and call it good and get out of the way. Uh, <laughs> we'll get no arguments from us here, uh, Paul. So, uh, thanks a lot for that comment on our YouTube, uh, YouTube posting of the podcast. And, uh, you want to do the 500th episode thing? Yeah, I really don't have to much determined. to say about it except, uh, <laughs> that it's coming up in three episodes. And uh, we'll have an announcement shortly as soon as we figure out what we're giving away and, and how we're doing it. So just wanted to keep it, you know, in people's minds that we will be having it and we'll let everybody know how to get involved when we figure it out ourselves. Will there be cake? <laughs> yeah. there, there may be cake. You never, okay. you never right. can tell. In in our case, the cake is not a lie. So. <laughs> All right, and since Cheryl is not here with us tonight, I guess I get to go ahead and run down through the new subscribers, supporters, and live participants. So we have a bit of a short list tonight, but that's okay. We had nobody subscribe or become a Patreon. 
no Facebook this time, but we did have some Twitter. We have KF5GBL at Jotacle and at SG Blaze. So thanks for joining us. We have uh, Sturgio Ziahannis on YouTube. We had some folks join us on Discord, Jay Cusick, Zoolander89, Runderco, or R Underco, or something like that, and Vishuma. So thanks for joining us on Discord. Nobody had purchased any merchandise. Nobody joined the mailing list. And tonight in the live chat, we had The Menace, Ted, WA0EIR, Stacy, KB7YS, Russ, KC5CNT, and Darren, VK6EK. So thanks, everybody, who joined us live. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope everybody enjoys it when it comes out in the usual podcast format, which would be, you know, hopefully in a day or two. We'll see how life goes. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, we hope everybody has a great week, and you'll tune in for the next episode, which will be a short topics episode, episode number 498. And stay tuned for information about that 500th episode giveaway. We'll, We'll get that information out as soon as we possibly can. In the meantime, have a great one, and we'll catch you for the next one. This has been episode number 497 of Linux in the Hamshack. For the on-assignment, Cheryl, W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine. NHS show. That's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs> <laughs>